Welcome to the Speak Her Podcast with your host, Camille Essick, the podcast where creators and innovators connect. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. This is your girl, Camille Essick. I am the host of the Speak Her Podcast. This is the podcast where entrepreneurs and creators tip connect today i have my sister and friend uh we are both members of the mark collier business academy and we also moderate on clubhouse as well so if you haven't heard be sure to join us on clubhouse every wednesday at 7 8 p.m eastern standard time um lisa knox is here she's a phenomenal person great sister and friend very knowledgeable and i had her bring her onto the show so uh, lisa thank you for joining me Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Camille. And this is your first time here. So please let the listeners know um, who you are and what you do. All right, everyone. So once again, so glad to be a part of the Speaker Podcast. My name is Lisa Knox. I am the creator of QuickCopyPrints.com. My printing company has been servicing entrepreneurs and business owners, as well as nine-to-fivers who look to take their side hustle full-time for the last 11-plus years. Um, We do that with our printed marketing, with our graphic design, and our business development platform, Dream Doer Nation. And um, I also have a podcast, which I'm going to have to get Camille on. Um, and it's Dream Doer Audio, where I give tips, marketing advice, strategy, and mindset for the new and emerging entrepreneur. Awesome. And it's a joy to have you here. Um, so with that being said, Lisa, with you um, having your own brand, give some people your background before you went into full-time entrepreneurship as far as your corporate background. Okay, so um, I started out pretty much being, I'll say a side hustler ever since I was younger. So um, I've always had like some type of little business on the side, always worked, always had a job, just was always interested in making my own income. Um, And then after I graduated, high school. Uh, I was working with Walmart. Uh, but before that I was making clothes, I was doing hair, I was braiding, I was doing nails. And then, um, I became, yeah, an employee at Walmart. And while working there, I got my marketing degree. Um, and then I also moved into management with Walmart. So I was like, as long as I'm here, I better, you know, I might as well make as much money as I can. I don't plan on being here forever, but if I am going to spend my time here, let me be making the, you know, let me max out my, um, income possibilities at this job. And so being there actually for 15 years, I was a manager for a salaried manager, a facility manager for, for 10 years. I learned a lot about, operations, HR. I did hiring and firing. I did evaluations, um, yeah, operations and marketing. And then customer service was a huge part of my, my, um, responsibilities as well. Team management. Um, yeah, all of the things that you do in, in the management space. So I have my experience as far as management, and operations with a global brand like Walmart Supercenters Inc. I have my business and marketing degree. Um, and then I also have my own business. Uh, as being a manager, I was getting so engrossed and so obsessed with my work and enjoying it so much, I forgot about my, what I wanted to do. So about four years after I got promoted, I realized after I saw a couple of my colleagues get terminated over some very trivial things, I was like, oh, wow, you know, it was a wake-up call. It was a reminder to me that, you know, nothing is for certain. Even a job isn't for certain. We were making good money, good benefits, but like you could be gone in a day. Mm -hmm. So it reminded me to get back on my, 
purpose and the things that I wanted to do and to start my business. So I started my business while I was working at Walmart. And um, eventually I left Walmart to become a full-time entrepreneur. Wow. And in that, and and you, you brought up um, the tensions you were seeing as far as people being so disposable with that organization. So what were your findings or what things you revealed about the changing social contract between organization and employees? Well, um, like different, you have different climates for different uh, jobs, right? So you have some people who work for jobs who have like a labor, um, have like a union, and there's some type of protections. And then you have other jobs where, like Walmart who does not have a union. So there's not a lot of protection um, when it comes to employee relations. And then, you know, you can making good money you can be you know getting promoted you can have all the things stop options everything but you know someone could at any opportunity dismiss you and so i realized that and, and it's probably really always been that way but as you know time change and the world progresses and people are more disposable and people are you know using more self-checkouts they're using machines and robots and different things like that you realize that you know nothing is guaranteed Mm-hmm. And um, I just realized that it's more important for you to solidify something that belongs to you, something that you can grow on and something that you can build on because these jobs ain't loyal. <laughs> you said the jobs <laughs> are real. not loyal. <laughs> they are not loyal at all. And then stepping out and you began um, Quick Copy Print, which is an amazing brand, um, servicing the needs for small businesses and medium-sized and growing corporations. Um, within the culture, let's say the vision you had when you, you started Quick Copy versus now, and those that may have been working for you past and present, what were some of the things that you noticed um, if you're saying, hey, this is the the vision of my brand, this is the direction we're going, and then three years later saying, hey, you know, things are changing, we need to evolve, we need to keep up with the social constructs or the temperature of society, and then having some employees or your internal stakeholders kind of going against the grain and they're not on board with the changes that you may have implemented? Mm, well... I mean, you always have a vision in a certain direction where you want to go. The main thing is that you are definitely have to listen to your employees and listen to your your audience and your, you know, your customers. But any business, you have to be willing to adjust. However, you can't allow people to whether they want to go against the grain or not. You can't allow them to dictate how you run your business, how you operate your business. You can't allow them to dictate your vision either. Um, If it's something that works best for your business, then it might be worth uh, consideration. But for the most point, you got to have people that are ingrained in your operations who want to be successful as well, or they want to at least see the business succeed. I think it's really important to get your employees to... um, buy in to the vision. And so that's why it's very important to have a vision. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most employees and most people who work for you, they're just concerned really about getting paid. They're concerned about them being able to take care of the things that they want to take care of. So they don't have the same vision and the same understanding of why certain things are so important or why you need to do it this way or why you have to use these or something like that. And it's important that you, um, ingrain that culture into your employees so that they can give you the best result so that you can ultimately serve your client the best. But Hey, if they want to go get the grand, they just don't have to go. 
<laughs> so what are some of the strategies that you found effective? Um, effective? I know um, with the, when I was in the military, they have like what they call indoc or indoctrination, where they teach you about the customs and cultures and traditions of the military. And that's something that happens from the beginning through boot camp and it's done throughout um, the contractor service um, when you're in the military. So what are things or strategies you feel like work within an organization to really instill the core values of the brand or what, and what may not work or what have things you've done or not done that you found to work for you? Okay. So number one, whenever someone comes in to my organization, of course we immediately get uniforms together, t-shirts together, and I have them make their own t-shirts. So you're already going to, I have you create something for you so that you can number one, be proud of what it is that you create. So anytime you put your name on something, you're like, okay, I did this, you know, and when you see your work around town or it being promoted and marketed, you can understand, you know, Hey, that was me. I worked on that. So I try to teach them, you know, ownership. Um, like this is yours. This is not just me. This is us. Every dollar that comes in here, we have to treat people with respect and all of that because those are the people that pay me so that I can pay you, you know, and getting, um, communicating that, communicating the importance of customer service and, um, you know, being polite and being pleasant. And, um, I also have my employees spend time doing cold calls and doing follow-up calls um, so that they have the opportunity. It's not always me speaking to the customer so that they can hear the type of questions that they're asking. I want them to think like entrepreneurs. Every every person that comes into my space, even though everybody isn't one, um, I try to find out what is their ultimate goal because I know they're not going to be with me forever. So since I know they're not going to be with me forever, my thought is like, okay, so what is some, what, what can I teach them? that they're going to use forever. I know that when people come in my space, I'm going to teach them some type of skills that they're going to be able to take with them in either further advance in any way that they want to. So I really try to get people involved in the process. I explain, you know, why this or who this customer is. And I Mm -hmm. want them to have the same, they're not going to have the same passion as me, but I just want them to have to understand I'm the type of person where if I just understand better, or if I know why you're doing a thing, it gives me a little bit more concern. I'm, I'm more involved and more engaged into wanting to do it right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's important, you know, bringing your employees in and explaining things to them so that they really understand why certain things have to be done a certain way. So when they do leave me, I'm confident that any, any employee, and I've had employees tell me mm-hmm. any employee who leaves me, um, they've either taken their skills and gotten a higher paying job or they've gotten, you know, multiple offers or they've been able to take it and build on it or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just try to make sure I teach them and give them really good customer service. That's really good. Not only um, just to say, Hey, you work for me. And, and get my product out. But it sounds like you're creating an environment or a culture of growth. So it's not like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you this fish, but I'm teaching you how to fish. So even when you leave right. here, you can go beyond and take what I've given you to the next level. And I think um, a lot of organizations, I, I ask myself, do they really think that way? Or are they so focused on getting the person ingrained just to operate and be a benefit to their organization, but not looking at the longevity of the individual versus them just being another employee. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I, I, I try to, I try to also engage myself, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in keeping 
um, the relationships kind of separate and mm-hmm. creating that boundary now when it comes to employee and um, employee relations. However, it is important to create a relationship. Mm-hmm. But um, I try to be involved in, you know, how they think or the reason why they might be feeling a certain way that day. Or I need to, if I understand you better and you understand me better, then we'll be able to work together better. Mm-hmm. And I also go for, um, longevity you know when people come into your space you don't want to be i mean sometimes you can't avoid turnover or people coming in and out but you really want to vet people you really want to get the right people in Mm -hmm. and whether they're very experienced or whether there's someone that is that is going to have to be trained your desire is to ultimately have them be with you for a period of time so that they can learn your culture Mm -hmm. they can become an asset to your culture and then i actually want them to take something away Mm -hmm. i want them to take something away and that's how we should think about it like i look at when a person's working for me they don't even realize like you're getting free coaching all day like i'm you're working but like i'm teaching you the game Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you're, when you leave here, you're going to be able to, I don't care if you went across the street and did something, you know, in the industry or something like that. You, you can walk out of my door literally and go set up shop and be making money when you leave from me. And I ensure that. And I make them now, I make them aware of it too. I'm like, you know how skilled you're going to be when you leave here? <laughs> I want them to understand like the value, like you're getting paid to work, but at the same time, you're really learning something. Mm-hmm. And I think that more more um, businesses need to do that. Invest in the knowledge of your employees and they will actually work better for you when they feel like you, you care a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We hear about that when we listen. I uh, hear things about companies like Google and YouTube um, that are um, statistically what I read is that um, the most um, rewarding companies to work for are like YouTube and Google because of things they've implemented within their culture to assist their um, internal stakeholders or their employees to be more productive, whether it's just little things with the environment, how they schedule their lunch breaks or providing childcare and making the, the workspace fun. And with that being said, um, we, we see the results. I mean, you look at Google, you look at YouTube and how they are just um, giants, goliaths in the in the world of tech and industry with online presence. And it's proven, you know, that, I mean, look how successful they are. So I think you made a very good point by bringing that out. Absolutely. If you, you invest in your employees, they are going to have greater longevity with you. Mm-hmm. They are going to, I mean, you know, of course this is an ultimate for everyone but for the most part if someone feels like you care they're going to care a little bit more about you right like um we gave gifts for the holidays i do bonuses when they do you know when they do things that are exemplary Mm -hmm. um you know or i try to like okay well what are you trying to do what do we need to do Mm -hmm. you know what do you need help with on this or that and, you know, and try to extend grace so that people understand that's that's all I would have ever wanted, you mm-hmm. know, if I was an employee when I was working for someone, for people just to understand that I'm human and for them to give a dang and I'm not just, you know, a machine over here just doing some work for you. Right. 
But um, yeah, you have to invest in your people and they will invest in you. I love that. And I do have a bonus question only because you are in the position of HR. And some of of my listeners are currently um, students with an undergrad or undergrad students. And maybe maybe in a doctoral program or maybe someone that may be um, transitioning from the military back into the civilian world as myself. So when applying for jobs and you see the tagline must have one to two years experience or two to three years experience. And you know, you have the skill set and the capability and the intelligence to do this job, but then you feel intimidated because you don't have the experience to do this job. How can someone get into that industry if they're saying they want someone, someone to already have that experience, even if it's one to two years, how can someone break into that industry and say, Hey, I know on paper, I don't have these specified experience but I, I would desire to get the opportunity to gain that experience oh yeah I hate that one I do hate that one only because I I've seen it many many times when I was applying for employment um as I was completing my education and different things like that I remember um I went to school actually for nursing. So when I graduated high school, I was a certified nursing assistant and I was going to continue on to get my BA in nursing. And I remember going on about six interviews and I did not get either one of them. Every single interview followed up with me and called me back and told me that they hired someone with more experience. And I was just like, you know what? Y'all can have it. I'm good. Because, I mean, how am I going to get experience, obviously, if you don't give me any or if I don't get any? So um, the only place that we're hiring were um, nursing homes. And I it, it was it just takes a very special person to be able to work in nursing homes. Mm-hmm. And there was really mistreatment. So I just couldn't I could not bring myself to doing it after I had uh, reported some <laughs> some bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't willing to do that. Um, I did at that time shift my my, my focus. But if a person does not have the experience, now there are going to be some things that you just might not qualify for. However, what I would tell somebody if they still wanted to break through that, I think it's absolutely possible. It's all in the approach, right? Mm -hmm. So um, if you have any wherewithal, any type of knowledge about that particular space, Mm -hmm. um, I would study the job description, the requirement and things like that. And I would look at any real life experience that I've had up until that point. A lot of times we discount um, the things that we've done coming up. Like, so when I was going to church back in Sacramento and I worked in the, um, in the office, I did the filing. I did, you know, um, I answered phone calls. I organized things in alphabetical order, just different things like that. So when I got ready to work, mm-hmm. my mom's like, what are you putting on these resumes? I mean, on these job applications. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any experience. And then she started breaking down all the things that I had done as I was coming up. And actually, I was experienced. I actually did. I might not have had like institutional experience, mm-hmm. like as far as, you know, working for maybe a certain corporation or something like that. But it's all in how you articulate that on that, um, either on that application or in your resume, you mm-hmm. might work with someone who is like, um, you know, a specialist in resume writing where they can articulate your experience, your real life experience, because I think we, we just have to pay attention to everything that we have done somewhere in your life. You actually have done those things. You just might not have done it in the, uh, 
in the traditional sense that people might expect, but don't discount yourself. Go back and look at everything you did when you was at church, different things you used to help with every day after school, um, different things you might have did at the rec center or the Boys mm-hmm. and Girls Club. You always helped Miss Jackson, uh, I don't know, organize and, and, and help vet the new people coming in. Okay, well, you know, you got a little employment experience. You got a little bit of training experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to take your real life stuff and articulate that in a way that makes sense for the person that's hiring. And then you want them to be able to recognize uh, what you really do bring to the table. You might not have that tra- what they traditionally looking for, mm-hmm. but you bring you and you show them that you're teachable and that you're willing to learn and you highlight what you already know. That's really good. Thank you. And I hope that um, little nugget will help some of the up and coming graduates with that um crossover that transition from um the academic world into the professional world or even the military world back into the to the Mm -hmm. civilian world so lisa thank you for uh, answering that bonus question and if anyone else would like to contact you or reach out to you to get more information or even acquire your services where can be reached on social media all right so i would love to hear from you uh you can find me on facebook under Lisa Knox and of course I am dream doer Lisa on Facebook and on Instagram and my printing company is quick copy prints so follow me on IG if you want some good um some nuggets on the daily and some videos if you want some mindset and strategy you can check out my podcast dream doer audio on all streaming platforms and if you would like to work with me specifically i would love to work with you and help you get past um any roadblocks that you're having and help you create more money in your business sooner than later you can reach out to me at dreamdoernation.com awesome thank you and i hope everyone got something from this episode this is your girl camille essick and i'm the host of the speaker podcast and until next time be blessed thank you bye-bye if you want more be sure to log on to www.camilleessick.com or follow Camille on Instagram at camille.essick. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Speak Her podcast, where innovators and creators connect.